Jesus. So much to be thankful for. Amen. If you just take a list, make a list of all of his goodness and his mercy. I love that passage of scripture in Psalm 107. It says, uh, his mercy endures forever. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. And how much we have always used his mercy, which brings about forgiveness and everything that we need. Amen. Well, the message today is about to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. I think that's a powerful scripture because often in my life, at least, I I wonder about things. I wonder how this happened and why this is the way it is and why I don't do that and why I do do that and all of these things. And then I sit down and I read and of all passages of scripture from the book of Ecclesiastics. If you've ever, if you've never read Ecclesiastics, you need to read it because it's so powerful into what God has done for us and what he's doing for us. And when he tells us that uh, for everything, there's a season, you know, and I love that because when I first started talking about Advent and Epiphany and and Lent and all those kinds of things that the normal church, normal churches, some of the normal churches celebrate, uh, the Pentecostals started saying to me, well, you're not going to get in a routine, are you? You're not going to get, uh, you know, just in, in a thing that goes every time. And I said, well, yes, I am. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And and what's wrong in Christianity, one of the things that's wrong in Christianity is they forget to honor and worship and give thanks to God. Now, they might do it, but is it lip service or is it heart service? You know, and how does that affect their agenda or their programs? You know, but when it's Christmas, it's time to celebrate Jesus. And when it's Easter, it's time to celebrate resurrection. And uh, so there's there's a time on our calendar that I think that God has put there. And one thing is this is a season of thanksgiving. And we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of our Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Lord. So it says to everything there is a season. There's a season in our life. And there's always a purpose. Sometimes we look at our life and we think, well, that was wasted. But if we learned from it. It's not wasted. Everything has a purpose, the Bible says, under the heavens. So whatever happens under the heavens, that's, I think, the earth, that's us, you know, is for purpose. And so uh, in this season of Thanksgiving, our purpose is just to glorify God, to, to thank God of deliverance, to thank him for delivering us, to thank him for bringing us into his eternal kingdom, to thank him that we have a destiny ahead of us that's better than any destiny we've ever had. Hallelujah. You know, so today we're talking about the season of Thanksgiving part two. And uh, the Lord kind of illuminated it in, in my biblical studies about continual things. You know, we like to get, we have habits. Hopefully they're all good habits. But, you know, I, I look out here and I know exactly, if I, if I couldn't see, I know exactly who's sitting where. Because we're continual in certain things that we do. And uh, so we need to be continual toward God. We need to have a plan toward God, a, a time of thanksgiving toward God, a time when we're going to kneel in prayer to him or we're going to talk to him. We're going to feel the satisfaction, the satisfaction. 
satisfaction of his glory and his power and his praise, you know. And so then we're going to bow a knee or bow a head or give up or pull over to the side of the road and just cry before him. Whatever it is, we have purpose, church. And this is God is calling for continual worship, not just on Sunday when we go to church and we praise God, but that there is a continual purpose in our life to glorify him, to worship him, to thank him. I mean, what's so hard? Rise up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus. I got up, you know, thank you, Jesus, for the power of your presence and be thanks unto him that he gives us another day because one day we won't have another day. So let us thank him for the days that we have. So as we continue to give thanks in this season, and we always should give thanks, but this is a time when we're going to, you know, have a have a special time of thanksgiving. We're going to thank him for everything he did all year. Just start on last year, January. What did he do good for you? What did he do good on Tuesday? On, on um, I'm going to get this done today, I promise you. In February and March and April, you know, he's going to do good things while the enemy harasses us. But the Bible says that in the praises of the people and in thanksgiving, we triumph. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a winner. I want to triumph over the works of darkness. I want to triumph over, you know, the things that the enemy does towards us and harasses us. And, you know, the older you get, church, let me tell you, there's more harassment than you ever thought about. But God is so much greater. And and as the enemy uh, wedges war against us, God just is more powerful in our life. So I want us to continue daily to develop a spirit of thanksgiving that when Thanksgiving season is over, we'll already have a plan in motion that we're going to give thanks to God on a daily basis. So it's a continual, just like nature is continual. We're in a harvest now and a harvest will pass. The next season will come winter. Everybody says burr. And some people like the winter and some people don't like the winter, but there's a season and it's going to come. And it's the same spiritually. There's high seasons, there's low seasons, there's cold seasons, there's powerful seasons. We get to get used to that and be continual in our worship and our praise to the Lord. So over 150 some times in scripture, I like to look that up and see how, how many times he's telling us the thing and in scripture, but over 150 times there's words that say continual, contendeth, go on, you know, it's, it's various forms of continuing and God says it to the church over and over. Now mostly it's in the Old Testament because there was rules and regulations and laws. But in the New Testament, he continues to tell us to be faithful and to to have a faithful testimony before him. But it's wonderful to know that God is speaking to us and we need to hear what he's saying. You know, if unless we ponder the scriptures when we read them, it's better to read 10 at a time and ponder those 10 than it is to read 10 chapters and not remember a thing that you read. Because God illuminates his word. 
And so when you begin to read and you begin to ponder and you begin to meditate, you know, he will illuminate the word of God to you. And you can read John 3.16 that you've known all your life and you can read that and there'll be a whole new revelation in it because you stop to meditate upon it. So I'm I'm encouraging you today to to meditate upon your scriptures uh, for this season. Just read a small portion of scriptures and then meditate upon it and, and follow the other references to it. And you'll be all over the Bible and you'll learn so much because God is wanting to bring knowledge to us like we've never seen before. This is a season wherein we need the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God and the power of God to get through our struggles and to maintain our, our Christian experience unto eternal life so it's very very important church i know that i say that a lot but i i believe it with all my heart so we need schedules you know just like you schedule your work you schedule this friday's wash day i don't know if it is for you but you know you schedule things think about god and say god i'm going to worship you tomorrow the same time every time i'm going to be here at this planned time and i'm going to worship you and i'm going to give thanks to you and i'm going to think about everything in my life that i have to be thankful for because god has delivered us from so much now consider psalm 139 and i don't know the time church but uh, i'll try not to keep you too long uh, psalm 139 the 16th and the 18th verse but i really highly recommend that you read the whole psalm because it's awesome but um, the two verses that I want to say to you about is talking to, to us about the midriff of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that's on the earth. Can you even fathom how many people are in our earth today? But listen, God pays attention to every one of them. I just am so amazed to know the midriffs of people that are in the earth and how he he. Psalm 139 says he knew them before they were born. It tells us that he knew them every but intricate. He knew their goods, their bads, and everything about them. And, and then they were, they were born, and now the earth is full of them. And we need to consider these kinds of things. It says his countenance is so far-fashioned before they were born. Before we were born, he knew us. Before we were born, he planned for us to have a season to be good, to be to go through the trials and the tribulations. In church, we have those trials and tribulations today like never before. But I want to tell you that his power is more powerful than it's ever been. I mean, he's always been powerful, but the more we need him, the more power he exerts to bless us and to deliver us and to help us. And so it says his continuance. This is in Psalm 139.18. It says his continuance is to fashion them before they were. He's still busy fashioning the next children. Even if they are aborted, he has already fashioned them for his kingdom. And so it's important. So he's working now through Jesus, through the through the shed blood of Jesus to fashion us while uh, humanity come, continues to abort the very things that he is fashioning in eternity. Can we even wrap our head around that? That he's fashioning them, he's providing them, he's ready to birth children into this earth that will be a glory to him. And yet our world is, is taking advantage of him and aborting them. Thank God for his mercy and his grace among all the activities of his fashioning. Since the beginning of time, our God thinks he has thoughts of us. He thinks of us. He calls me by name and he thinks about me. He calls you by name and he thinks 
about you. He knows where you are. He knows what's happening in your life. He knows whether you'll trust. He knows knows whether you'll vindicate his goodness or whether you will give up on him. He knows those things. And so his mind is full of the glorious things and of the sad things that, that he goes through. Think about God today. Give thanks that he has thoughts of us, that he knows where we are, that he is with us through the trials and the tribulations. So uh, our God, our Savior, our Holy Spirit, Bible says that when I am awake, I am still with him. He's with us. He's around us when we're sleeping. And when we awake, he's still there to say good morning to us. You know, I know that that preacher said good morning, Holy Spirit. And I think that's a great a great thing to just wake up and say good morning, Holy Spirit. You know, good morning, Lord. What do you have planned for me today? He has plans for us all day. We do our own thing and rarely do we find it to get into the niche of his plan for our day. But I'm telling you that in these days we need to be sinner in his plan because he is operating in the earth like never before. He's preparing for his son to come and to redeem us and take us into eternal life. And I'm looking forward to that. Romans 2, 7 and 10, the word declares to them who by patient continuance. Now I can continue, but I got to tell you, I'm short on the patience. Did I get an amen? Maybe somebody, maybe somebody else is a little short. But this is Romans 2, 7. It says, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing there is glory and honor, immortality, peace, and eternal life. To him that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Consider that, church. Consider what he's saying. He's patient in continuance. To continue something, sometimes we get a, a note about, this is just, I need to change this. This has just become a pattern. I need to get better, get do something else. But God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we look at the scripture, I've, I've read the Bible through. But when I read the scripture, I thought, you know, to them who are patiently, continually serving God. I know that we're all here, so we're all continual on Sunday. You know, but how does that work the rest of the week? Are we patient in how God deals with us? Are we patient in what he requires of us in a day? Are we patient? I think patient is something that's pretty worn out in our society today. Because I notice that people who love each other speak harsh to one another, speak uh, rude to one another. That You know, that's a, a sign that there's no patience. The patience of God is not in us. And God help us to be patient with one another. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing there is glory and honor. Look at this passage of scripture. If you can be patient and you can be continual in your Christian endeavors, then these things are planned for you. You know, there's glory and honor. This is the word of God. Immortality, peace, eternal life to him that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And I thought about that today, and I say, God, please be good to the Jews today. Please be good to Israel today. Please help Israel today. Be be there for them. Why, you know, my, my flesh wants to know why would they have to go through this over and over and over. Because God is dealing with them, and God is dealing with us. And we have the same difficulties and the same problems that, that Israel does, only it's more horrible for Israel and I I pray for Israel and I grieve for Israel and God wrote this scripture he says be patient endurance in wars 
You know, when we think about that, we think that, okay, God is good. God does all these good things. And then God says, I, you may have war. You may have suffering. But be patient and continue in the strength of our God to the Jew first and to also to the Gentile. It's wonderful to check out this whole packet, pat, passage of Scripture, church. Verse 8 says, unto them that are contentious. This is what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to develop a contentious spirit that we can't be the goodness of God that he wants us to be. It says, to them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but they obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, and tribulation, and anguish. I'm reading the scripture, church. Unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, and tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. There is no evil that's going to enter into eternal life, no matter how good a funeral the pastor preaches for you. You have to live up to the standards of God. And the scripture, it's time to meditate and to be thankful for the goodness of God. Psalm 116, 12, 17 says, What shall I render unto God for all of his benefits? I've heard Christians say, well, you know, my benefits aren't very good. You know, I have this job. I don't have these benefits. God says he'll give us benefits. Well, church, he's always talking spiritually. He's going to give you spiritual benefits to your faithfulness to Christianity. And those benefits are what we just read. Peace, eternal life, honor, immortality. Those are the things that he's going to give to us. He's not going to give us a new car necessarily or a new house necessarily or anything like that. And yet he can. He can do anything. All things are possible with our God. But we always think in material things rather than thinking in spiritual things. And God wants us to be more stronger Probably a wrong English there, but he wants us to be stronger than we are in the flesh. He wants our flesh to be undominant. He wants our spirit to be dominant in the things of God. Psalm 116, it says, what will I render under him for his benefits? And I wondered if maybe we could just think about the benefits that he gives us. If you've ever been to a foreign country, you will know that we have many benefits that is other people in our society do not have. And we have not had to offer our life, you know, uh, for our Christian experience. People in our world have given their lives to be a Christian. And we are, we can serve God and we can make mistakes and we can even make choices to make mistakes sometimes. And God has to deal with us to correct us, you know, but he never leaves us or he never forsakes us. And he has given us a wonderful life in our country. And we need to hold our country up in prayer. We need to intercede for our country because this is God's country. And whatever belongs to God needs to have our worship and our adoration. So, The psalmist answers this. What shall I render unto God? He says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Are we ready to offer a sacrifice? Are we ready to sacrifice the thanksgiving unto the Lord? Are we we willing to give thanks for the things that don't go our way? Are we willing to give thanks for the things that we might have to suffer, that we might have to go through? You know, church, we must must experience the depth of thanksgiving. You know, thanksgiving has just been a word where we say, well, I'm thankful. And you are thankful. 
But unless you can remember the days that you were thankful in serious situations, that thanks doesn't go very deep in our heart. And I tell you today that we need to be so thankful. That should be on our lips every day. To be thankful is to have a fruit of righteousness in us. God is looking for fruit from his people today. Chapter 50 of Psalms is a great meditation for our devotions. You know, with that, we give continual thanks to the Heavenly Father, the Redeemer, the Holy Spirit. We want God to hear our heart. We want to hear, we want God to hear the depth of thanksgiving that's in us. You know, that it's not just a word, but it, it is a thing. And, and Colossians 17, and I forgot the first chapter, but you can find it if you're interested. It says that whosoever, whatever you do in dude, and, and, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by him. Whatever you do, we give thanks. We give thanks when the bill comes and it's more than we expected it to be. And we say, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is an opportunity for you to show your power and your strength to me and you will help me. When we built this church, there was 13 people here. We had no money. But God said to build. We built And I tell you of a truth, every time the payment was due, God sent money to us. I tell you, it's a miracle that we have this side of the church because we, 12 people, we could hardly pay our tithes, you know. And our tithes wasn't that much because we didn't have the big good jobs, you know. But God, when God is in it, it will get done, church. And when God is in your life, you will get through the struggle. You will get through the temptation. And you will build a sanctuary to the Lord. And that sanctuary is you. You will be more powerful than the works of darkness. And it's so important. So First Thessalonians 5, 18 and 19, it says, In everything, give thanks. It, that sounds like continual to me if we're supposed to do it all the time. Give thanks, you know, in everything, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. God has struggles for us to go through. He doesn't give them. We are by choice. Sometimes we give them. Sometimes they come by the harassment of the enemy. But God will never leave us in a crisis. He will always be there for us. So the the glorious book of the Bible is the book of Hebrews. If you want to fall in love with Jesus, just read the book of Hebrews. Just say to yourself, I'm going to read it. Two or three times and read it through and you will see the power and the anointing of our Savior who is in the book of Hebrews. So the Bible says in verse 13, 1 Thessalonians, let your conversation be without covetousness. Church, that's hard. Sometimes our conversation does not please God. And then it says, be content with such things as you have. That's hard because I like to have some things I don't have. How about you? Is there just some things that you'd like to have or you'd like to do or you just want for the Lord to give to you and it's not quite happening? Well, when you see this, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness. You know, let it be with thanksgiving and be content. Christians need to be content in what they have because we have eternal life. We have more than anybody, but we just don't see it. Because it's not come to pass yet, but it's coming to pass, and God is going to be faithful to do it. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We quote that scripture all the time, but the first part of that scripture is powerful. Because the first part says, get away with covetousness, be content, and whatever you have, just be content with it. And then it says, 
He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So you always have royalty because he's the king. You will always have his blessings if you serve him in continual uh, spirit. And Psalm 150 and Psalm 50. Church, you just pray for my eyes. I'm not seeing well today. But that's okay. The word of God sees well. (laughs) If I give you the reference and if you read it, we did our job. So Psalm 50, it says, The mighty God hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Is that a mighty God? From the rising of the sun to the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. I just thought about that today as I was thinking about Israel. And I'm thinking in all this warfare, the beauty of God is shining somewhere toward Israel. And, and I just... I just have a burden for Israel. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. You know, verse 5 says, Gather my saints together unto me, and those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Now, what is a covenant, church? A covenant is a commitment that God made a commitment to us. It's an everlasting covenant. It's an everlasting promise. Now, I don't know about you, but we can make promises and even forget we made them. But God never forgets, and he's got multiplex of people, midreds of people to remember what he promised unto them. And yet we only have to remember what we have to remember, what he has given us, the grace. And it says there, gather my saints together. I know we always say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. But here's another place where God speaks to us, and he says, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice, those that have made a commitment to me, those that are going to be faithful to me like I'm faithful to them. God's desire this morning is for continual praise, for us to be in a thanksgiving spirit continually. And in the depths of And when we do that, we're showing the depth of love that we have for the Father and his Son and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If we just would be sensitive, he will speak to us all the time. He will guide us all the time. And when we don't hear his Spirit, then open up the Word of God and you will hear his voice because his voice is in the Word of God. And verse 7, he says, Hear, O my people, and I will speak. I am God. I am thy God. I will not reprove thee. Listen to this. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifice have not been continual before me. He's asking us to be in a continual place of sacrifice before him. But he says, I won't reprove you for that. He's a great God. What will he do for that? He will forgive us for that. He will help us to come back into a continual place of love and devotion unto him. The scriptures are powerful. When you just search out a single thought, they're just so powerful. And they're so powerful that we miss those things when we read through it real fast. But if we just take a portion, you know, the Bible, if you have a good study Bible, it has sections that they're cut off. It says this is a section of praise or this is a section of deliverance. You just read that section. See what it is that God wants to put in your spirit in deliverance or what he wants to put in your spirit about whatever that phrase, that thing is, because God is speaking through the whole chapter. And he has he has messages here and there throughout the whole chapter. We need this today. We need to know that he's speaking personally to us. We need to be reading and, and all of a sudden here have a revelation that I never, I never saw that before. I read that before. I know that, but I don't, I didn't see this revelation before. 
when we begin to have revelation of the power of his word, we will be strengthened in our inner man by the power of the Holy Spirit. Seventh verse says, O my people, I will speak. I am God. I am thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifice have not been continual before thee. Verse 14, offer unto me thanksgiving. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Whatever we need deliverance from, when we are delivered, we will glorify God. We will give thanks to God. And I know that you know this, but you know what? We just need to be reminded of these simple truths that we can follow God continually like he wants us. He wants our Christian dedication to be continual. How many know that we can come to church and we can be sweet and kind and all that and holy, and then we can go out and have a flat tire and we're mad? See, that's the human nature. But when God takes over our nature, then we will worship him and give him glory, even in the midst of of a crisis, even in the midst of something that's going wrong. And sometimes our Christian testimony is tested to see if we can continue strong in the power and the anointing of God. You know, he told the Israelites, he said, I let you wander through the wilderness to see if you'd behave. I, I let you wander through there to see if you'd be obedient. And, you know, they had lots of scrimmages in the in the wilderness. And they had lots of things that came upon them that, that some people got left behind. You know, and I want to say to the church today that God is working. You may be in a wilderness. You may, our world may be in a wilderness. God forbid whoever we get as president. I don't know that we can trust any of them. You know, we can only trust God. And we might be in wilderness experiences, and we got to be ready for that. we got to be ready to grow in the power and the anointing of God and not be the complainers that we have in the earth today because it's no good to complain. It's just only good to give thanks unto God continually for what he does in our life. So the Bible says in Psalm 50, the mighty God has spoken. You know, when does the church remember that he's the mighty God? He's not just God. He is the mighty God. He is the faithful God. He is the everlasting God. He is the enduring God. When we think we can't endure, he will endure. He is a God of power and strength. And he desires our continual praise. You know, the, in, in our natural uh situation we like to be noticed we like somebody to say good morning we like somebody to offer a handshake we we like to know that at least we're in a society that sees us well how's god god wants to be in a place where we see him where we glorify him where we see what he's doing and when we don't feel good about it we tell him we don't feel good about it but we'll still serve him we'll still follow him we'll still believe in him and we know that eternal life awaits the church so you know in natural in natural uh, abilities we like to be noticed and think about god he wants to be noticed for sending his only son he wants to be noticed for sending his son through suffering that we might be redeemed and we are not just an ordinary blessed people we are redeemed people by the suffering of our Lord and Savior, by the shame that, that the, the enemy put him through on the cross and by all the, the mocking and the scoffing, you know. And he has redeemed us from that. Somebody mocks and scoffs us. It's okay because we're just in line for the suffering of Christ. Amen. Well, thank God you heard me. I just wondered if somebody heard me. 
Thank you, Jesus. Offer unto me thanksgiving. That's what he said. He said, what, what, can I rend, what can you render unto me? Offer unto me the thanksgiving. Think of all of the things he could have said to us. He could have said things to us that he desired of us that would be so hard for us to do. Instead, he says, just offer a spirit of thanksgiving. That, that's what I desire of you. Offer unto me thanksgiving. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver you, and, and, and you can glorify me. Oh, church, let the church glorify our God. Let the church glorify our king. Let the majestic power of our God be known in the earth and in our house and in, in the temple of God. Hebrews 13.2, I'm coming to a close this morning. It says, be not forgetful that you might entertain strangers. Sometimes we see people and we get an opinion of them immediately, especially the people in the streets that are begging. And, you know, God says you might entertain an angel unaware. And I believe that our world is full of angels. You know, if we believe that we have, each of us have two, there's a lot of angels in the earth. And sometimes, you know, something happens in your life. Uh, Toy will tell you a story where she got around a corner and she shouldn't have got around a corner in their car. And it must have been an angel, she said. How many times has an angel provided a way of escape for us? I don't know. But sometimes I think I think I say to my angel, do not be weary in well-doing. <laughs> because he's working overtime in my life. And I trust that he's working overtime in your life. But you know what? God has his ways and means. God has his seasons. God has his plans. He, God has his purposes, church. And we fall so short of understanding the purpose of God. We don't have to know it. We don't have to understand it. We just have to be willing to follow God in all things. So the scripture says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember them that are in bonds, church. You know, I think one of the blessings of God to our house is because we have served the prisoners. And we have been bound with them and we have prayed with them. And we have understood some things Some things we know that they might be a convict, but a true one. But there are those that are in prison that are there not right. And there are all sorts of things that happen to them. And even when they get saved, then they suffer even more in prison because they are the offscourge of all the evil that's going on within the walls. And they tell us those things and they are so thankful that they have the word of God. And they have told us that the only thing that brings light to their darkness is the word of God. And so the Bible says, you know, understand that there are strangers that that are angelic and also remember we them that are in bonds as bound with them. And the scripture says this, it says as bound with them because they suffer adversary, adversity. They suffer adversity. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. And what is that? sacrifice of praise it says it's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name continual thanksgiving in all circumstances i have two scriptures left psalm 40:16 let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee for such as love thy salvation 
say continually, the Lord be magnified. The Lord be magnified. Say it continually. Yes, amen. Acts 6-4. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. God wants us to give ourselves continually to prayer. To pray. Pray on the way to work. Pray on the way home. Give him glory. Give him thanks. Get mindful of God. Get mindful of Jesus. Get mindful of the Holy Spirit because that is our help in this hour. And finally, Luke twenty four fifty three, when they came to know Jesus and his resurrection, the Bible says they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Now, church, I know you can't come every day to this house, but every day this temple can magnify the Lord. Every day this temple can praise God. Every day this temple can pray. Every day you can be continual in your response to God. So the closing thought this morning in giving thanks continually is from Psalm 52, 1. And it says, the goodness of God endureth continually. He's not asking something of us that he won't himself do for us. This is the scripture, Psalm 52, 1. The goodness of God endureth continually. So no matter what, what's going on in our world, God is continually giving goodness to his people. Thank you, Jesus, so much for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you from whom all the blessings that come to our life flows. Oh, God, touch our hearts. Help your love to be deeper in us. Let thanksgiving arise from our heart daily, O God. Speak to your people your love, God, your continual love toward us. Even when we fail, even when we hurt you, you are still continually showing your love to us. Bless your people today, Lord Jesus, with the spirit of thanksgiving, I pray in Jesus' name.